glory on thy people, pour thy power. Amen. This has been a time which has revealed uh, the things we've always known, but it's revealed them in a greater measure, to a greater severity. That is, that life is both uh, the best of things and the worst of things. That life is, in fact, a mixed bag. And we find this mixture coming out in all kinds of ways. Uh, people taking care of each other is the great part. Uh, people frustrated and really hurting and experiencing loss is the really bad part. Life is a mixed bag. This is just true. And so people of faith, what they do when they realize this in a severe way, they call upon God, God of grace and God of glory on thy people, pour thy power. Whereas we, we have gotten to in our collect of the day, the central pe uh, petition is grant us, O God, the grace of your Holy Spirit. That's the main request that we make. And it comes to us as our chief task when times are the toughest. Now, this mixed bag, it comes in the forms of external tests and struggles and also inner tests and struggles. The external struggles are obvious to us. We're dealing with a pandemic. We're dealing with a downturn uh, extraordinary economically. We are dealing with all kinds of uh, changed behaviors that uh, restrict our movement. This is the tough part of what we're enduring. And there's no way to state it too extremely. It's always more extreme than we can state. Those are the external struggles. But we're also dealing with internal struggles as well, aren't we? I mean, we get uh, fatigued. We get fatigued uh, physically and emotionally. We uh, experience failure. That's always true in our lives. And it doesn't seem to matter whether it's uh, a subjectively viewed uh, not really a failure or if it's uh, an agreed upon failure, it's still burdensome. We deal with, with feelings that are, that are really hard to bear. Uh, you know, in the addiction wisdom, uh, the caring for people in addiction, the mutual support that is given one to another, they discover that, that addiction is a kind of a feeling disease. And one of the wisdoms that's come out of that is that feelings are sometimes light and easy to carry, and they're easy to give away to others. You're, you're ready to share. And other feelings are, are very heavy. They're hard to carry. They're burdensome. And they're, they're certainly hard to give away. It's hard to share those things. 
Now, in this wisdom of caring for one another, the discovery is that feelings are not in themselves good or bad. They, they just are. They're part of the emotional nerve center of how we interact with our external world and with one another and even with ourselves. They're like nerves. Physical nerves are to our body. So there are these, these emotional nerves called feelings. But there are some that are easy to carry and some that are very difficult. So part of our inner struggle is dealing with these feelings. Examples of really heavy ones, guilt and shame and anger. Hard to bear, hard to give away. Certainly not helpful. But we move our way through them. So that's part of the inner struggle that we confront. In the scriptures that we have today, we have a, a perfect sampling of the mixed bag, of the really light and wondrous things, and also of the very difficult, burdensome things. Examples of the beautiful, light things, the, the, the psalm holds up a relationship with God that is, that is life-giving, that is light, that is helpful, that is strengthening. If you have your bulletin handy with you uh, there, you might just look again at verse 9 and verse 15. Let me read these two to you and see if they don't feel light. The Lord is loving to everyone, and His compassion is over all his works. And 15, the Lord upholds all those who fall down. He lifts up those who are bowed down. Now this is a relationship with God that sees God as an actual and real presence and help in our lives. This is part of the really beautiful piece of the mixed bag. Another really light part in our scriptures today is this moment when, by the odd circumstances that God seems to have put together, Rebecca comes riding up on her camel, and then Isaac comes seeing the camels out to meet her. And there's this kind of moment where these two that circumstantially don't really belong together meeting each other, have come uh, to see each other and to anticipate a life together. And there's something just very beautiful about this moment in uh, these scriptures. A tale, Abraham's tale with his sons, Isaac, and then Isaac's son Jacob, a difficult tale with a lot of struggle and a lot of problems. But here is this moment in it, Isaac meeting Rebecca. She has chosen to come along with this servant, and they meet, and they come together. It's a beautiful part. And we also have in this mixed bag uh, the, the, the tough things, uh, examples of an external struggle and 
and internal struggle. We see uh, first go to the gospel and we see what Jesus had to endure, what Jesus had to experience. And it's the kinds of things that we see all the time. It might even be the kinds of things we see in our lives that we participate in and we are part of the contributors to the difficulty. What I mean is that what Jesus is enduring is this caustic, critical uh, view of others, this, this uh, voicing of criticism, where there's somebody that's acting in the name of God, but he can do nothing right in the eyes of those who come against him. They criticize John the Baptist, who came before Jesus, and now they're criticizing Jesus. And Jesus points this out to the crowd. Now, we know that Jesus had difficulty and trouble with, uh, with the authorities, but here he seems to be talking to the whole crowd that's gathered. And he's, he's correcting this generation, he calls them. What's wrong with this generation? He says, you criticize John the Baptist. He said, He's, he must be a lunatic the way he fasted and the way he behaved. He must be crazy. And then you came uh, and viewed what I'm up to. And he says, and you called me a glutton. Because I come together with people you don't approve of, and we eat together in fellowship one with another. And for that, I'm accused of being a glutton and a drunkard. So who can win with you people? This is an example of, uh, of an external struggle that seems common to the, the human race this uh, attitude where nobody can really win. They're going to get criticism no matter what. I was pondering uh, this week and this past week and leading up to, to the 4th of July about one of the amazing freedoms that we are afforded, the freedom uh, to speak our minds, uh, the freedom uh, to communicate. And Protecting the freedom of people to communicate is done not just so that we can blast anyone with anything that comes into our heads. The whole objective of the freedom of people to speak and articulate, the protection of that freedom is so that the truth can come out in real discourse. Well, it kind of helps if it's civil discourse. We still see that. But the whole idea is that we can turn away from the ever-present temptation to be poisonous with our talk and with our communication and instead depend upon the original blessing of the freedom to speak at all, which is that the good might come out, which is that what I have to say can be tested against what others have to say. Because what I hear from others might correct where I'm dead wrong. 
and push us all on to something that's better than I thought was possible. So this is one of the external struggles that is so difficult that is sort of matched to the experience of Jesus when he sits down with this crowd and when he tries to tell them that they are a generation that causes a lot of their own problems. Well, that's one of the, uh, one of the uh, struggles. The other one is an inner struggle. And did you hear it? Did you hear Paul arguing with himself, worried about what's going on with him? Why can't he get over on the difficulty that comes into his being? He's really arguing in the large uh, context of this essay to the Romans who, uh, who, who he has never visited, but he wants to visit. And in case he never gets to visit, he has this gigantic letter. It's the longest letter of Paul. And it's really more of a, of a spilling of his entire system of thought about Jesus. And in this particular part, he's talking about how the law, which Paul thought was kind of the answer to everything, is in fact the beginning. The law of God, which is good, is good because it's the beginning at revealing the impossibility of attaining righteousness with God. Paul has been turned around. Instead of persecuting people of the way of Jesus because they're not focused on the traditional view of the law, he's turned around. Now he is among the key articulators of a way of grace through faith God's grace received by the Holy Spirit through faith. The law reveals the difficult impossibility of righteousness before God. And grace is the way. And in the context of this, Paul seems in this essay to lose himself. Chapter 7, just as we read lose himself in his own frustration with himself of how the law condemns him. The sin within him actually condemns him. And he can't seem to do what he wants to do. Instead of doing what he wants to do, he does the very thing that he hates. Have you ever been caught in something where you're just going round and round with trying to solve something that's right in your own head, that's right in your own heart. And the cyclical nature of it is just uh, poisonous for you. He finally comes to a place where he can get off of that carousel of, uh, of burden. And he says, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this death? And immediately comes out of his heart, thanks be to God. 
in our Lord Jesus Christ. That who is who saves me. Yeah, we do live a mixed bag of, of blessing and difficulty. We do every day. And right now, it's just so pronounced. It's just all so real, so extreme. We have external struggles of circumstance, human strife. We have inner struggles of fatigue and failure and, and feelings that are hard to bear. We also have many, many blessings. So what we do with this mixed bag is we throw ourselves on the mercy of God. We put ourselves in a trusting relationship with God. I'm going to go back to that central petition, which was our collect of the day. If you go to a middle, the middle of a collect in the prayer book, you're going to find the main request. The main request. A collect is a funny little formula of prayer. It really is. Uh, there are kind of five parts, and in the center is the main request. You address God, usually say something about God, and then you make your main request. And you determine that the result of that request is that something will happen. And then you push the send button, depending on, you take, take the name of Jesus on your lips, and that is the send button. You pray in the name of Jesus Christ who, with, the, with him and the Holy Spirit, lives and reigns with the Father. So what is this main request? In the collect today, we said, oh God, we address God. We identified God. Oh God, you, the one who taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. Here's the request. Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit. To what end? To what result in receiving the Holy Spirit? That we may be devoted to you with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection through Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't we need this? Living a mixed bag, we need the grace of the Holy Spirit so that we can be devoted to God with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection. Imagine that, people. Imagine the church witnessing with a life that receives the grace of the Holy Spirit, is thereby devoted completely with your whole heart to God and united to one another with pure affection. May it be so. Amen.